Welcome back to the In The Lead show. My name is Jennifer Sang, and this is episode number 17. On this podcast, I look to deliver tools, resources, new ways of thinking to everyday leaders. And today I get the pleasure to interview someone whom I've had the pleasure of getting to know over the last couple of years. Marie Logan was is well was somebody who was in my coach training program that I went through back in 2020. And we just developed a really great relationship. We do a lot of buddy coaching together. We use each other as resources. And she recently pulled me into a program around positive intelligence. And it's all around building your mindfulness muscle and helping you to discover and um, develop and master your own mind and your own way of thinking. And I feel like this is such a huge, valuable resource for anyone, no matter where you are in an organization, where you are in your life, how can we have better mastery over our own mind and our own way of thinking and discover ways that we can help to flip those ways of thinking? So think about your mind as having these pathways. And the more that we think a certain belief or we do a certain thing, it deepens that pathway in our mind. So it becomes more like a habit. And positive intelligence and positive intelligence is a set of practices that helps you build that mental fitness and helps people to develop and master their own mind. So it's used to shift your mind from some self-sabotaging thoughts, beliefs, mindsets to optimal performance using simple and proven neuroscience-based techniques. Developing this mastery is the greatest determinant for achieving professional success and happiness. Now, I myself went through this positive intelligence program. It's about six weeks. And in the future, I hope to be able to be someone who can help facilitate those um, group experiences, but it's around teaching you these simple practices that you can do on a daily basis that helps open your mind to new ways of thinking. So I'm going to interview Marie today. Marie um, and I went through this program together and she is a facilitator of this program. And she is a certified professional coach and founder of My Coach Marie, who specializes in helping build mental fitness and utilize their strengths to find greater success and personal happiness in service of more effective leadership, diversity, equity, and inclusion. She has served in leadership roles in higher education for 30 years, now brings that wealth of insight to coaching. She utilizes the positive intelligence framework in her coaching practice and personally um, endeavors to practice the sage perspective, surfing that wave every day. Now that will make more sense once you watch the show, but it's all about how do we surf that wave when we get triggered or we're in a situation where we might have a reaction towards someone or something. How can we surf that wave instead of allowing the wave to kind of crash on us and, and take us down or suck us under, um, under the water? finding new ways to have a different experience and relationship with ourselves, and then extending that out to other people. And again, this is so important for leaders, especially today when you're managing large teams, you are helping manage and and lead them through really difficult 
um, situations. COVID has been one. There have been many, you know, difficult situations that we've all had to kind of come through over the last couple of years. And how can you maybe surf that wave a little bit better so that you're not feeling like you're getting tugged under or thrashed around by those waves? So I hope that this conversation today um, provides you with some insights into how you might be able to use positive intelligence in your everyday life. And before we get started, I wanted to invite you to have a conversation. If you are interested in leadership coaching, I also specialize in leadership coaching. I work with people around mindfulness and actually helping build this mindfulness, mental fitness, um, something that I'm very, very passionate about. So if you're interested in having a a more robust conversation with me. You can reach out to me through my website, www.coachwithinsight.com. And welcome to the show. Welcome back to the In the Lead show. My name is Jennifer Sang. And today I am here with Marie Logan to talk about positive intelligence. Welcome to the show, Marie. Thanks, Jen. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, me too. So just a little context. Marie and I have known each other for the last couple of years. We went through a coach training program together and we've been doing a lot of buddy coaching together. Um, so we've gotten to know each other pretty well over the last couple of years. And I'm really excited to have you join the show today because we also went through this positive intelligence program together a couple of months ago. So I'm really excited to dive into this and provide a lot of value to the listeners um, based on what we've learned. But before we get into that, I would love for you to give some context to the listeners about who is Marie. Oh, gosh. You know, Marie is someone who's worked in higher education for 30 years. I've been in leadership roles that whole time. And a couple of years ago, I was challenged by some work that I was doing and realized that I needed some coaching. I really needed some coaching training. And so I enrolled in that program you were just talking about and got trained as a coach. And now I've discovered that that is truly my passion. I just love being of service to people. It it just brings me so much joy and helping them find success. Yeah, that's great. And I, I've also found a lot of value out of positive intelligence as well. So maybe you can help us understand what is positive intelligence? So after I finished my training as a coach, I decided to uh, just keep on doing more education in coaching. And uh, a coach I knew uh, recommended this program and said, you've got to check this out. This is just amazing. So I did. And that's when I invited you and, and a couple of others to join that uh, pod with me. And we went through the initial program and it just blew my mind. It is a, a methodology that I just had no idea was even out there. You know, I've always believed in strengths. I've always believed in emotional intelligence and those sorts of things to, um, you know, help leaders be really effective. And then when I discovered this, it just, I couldn't believe it. You know, it's this science-based practice. And the idea is it, that it helps you develop this kind of self-mastery of your thoughts. And when you can do that, you can kind of create more mental fitness and resilience in your life helps yeah. you deal with things positively, you know, rather than letting those, that, that inner critic and that, 
those thoughts that you have that are kind of automatic, you know, mm-hmm. it keeps them kind of at bay and helps you redirect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look at it almost like mindfulness, just building more mindfulness, um, around kind of our own thoughts, feelings, presence, like what, what's happening inside of us, what's happening to us and with us. And, um, it, it just gives you that deeper, richer sense of self and what's kind of coming up on a daily basis. And I know I, I personally talk to a lot of clients about getting really nuanced with your feelings, emotions, thoughts, actions, um, that there's more than just what we kind of observe, um, typically on a daily basis, there's a lot more going on there. And I feel like this is a great practice to help you get that nuance and get more detailed to get a more richer experience out of life. That's kind of how I see it. Exactly. What I've found, Jen, in my practice and also in my work with leaders in in higher education is that the people who tend to be the most successful are those who are the most self-aware. Yeah. And it's not just like emotional intelligence, you know, it's, it's being self-aware and being able to, um, have that sense of purpose and values and be able to recognize when they're on that path and when they're derailing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think beyond emotional intelligence, cause I think that is kind of a broad word and kind of gets used a lot. And, but for me, it's more about how do I manage and regulate myself even mm-hmm. at the most basic level? It's like, we have, again, a lot, a lot of inputs coming into us. We're sensing things, we're feeling things, there's hormones, there's all kinds of stuff going on. But are we allowing those things to kind of take control or do we have some sense for what's actually happening? And can we develop some sort of control over what's happening with us? And to me, I have also worked with some really great leaders who have mastered those things that when times get tough, right? And there's a high stress situation. Are they the ones who are, you know, completely coming undone? Are they lashing out at people, blaming and really just whatever's happening inside? I'm a big believer is that's what gets projected out. So if you can master those things and create more of that calmness internally, people sense that around you and you start to, people start to really feel that and you can build really great teams and really great spaces for people. Um, even in coaching and coaching practice, right? It's really helpful to create that calming sense for people so that they feel safe and they feel um, like they can be their whole selves. Yeah. You know, what's one of the interesting things you said there was related to all of the different chemicals that are going on in your brain. Mm-hmm. Part of what the research that goes into positive intelligence is neuroscience and mm-hmm positive psychology and cognitive behavioral psychology and performance science, which includes things like emotional intelligence. But one of the things that's so fascinating to me is the neuroscience, because not only is it about the neuroplasticity, the fact Mm -hmm. that your brain, you can keep changing it all the way into your nineties. And I'll tell you, I can, I can attest to that because I have a client who's 78 and she is still just completely discovering all kinds of new things and, yeah. and, and developing new habits and is just kind of uh, amazed at what this is doing for her. So neuroscience, the other piece of that is those brain chemicals. So mm-hmm. there's different parts of your brain that are actually engaging when you're having those negative thoughts versus those positive thoughts. And so when you're 
having those types of negative uh, mindset patterns, it's actually in your survival brain, back in your amygdala. And mm -hmm. when that is being activated, you're actually releasing cortisol into your bloodstream. And cortisol, as we all know, is the stress hormone. Mm -hmm. And so no wonder we're not effective when we're doing that, right? Mm -hmm. So if when you, then you mentioned, you know, sort of um, training yourself to get control of that. And in positive intelligence, we call that self-command. Yes. And I'll be glad uh, at some point in our conversation here to share one of those practices because it's pretty amazing. Um, mindfulness, people tend to, um, you know, train to do mindfulness. They have to sit, you know, meditate. They've got to be in a quiet room, sitting in front of their special place. And, you know, and then they meditate and it takes, you know, a, a fair amount of time, right, to do it. Now, the, the beautiful thing is that what PQ reps are, and that's what we call them here in, in positive intelligence is PQ reps. PQ is positive intelligence quotient. It's just a way of measuring how, uh, how strong your mental fitness is. <laughs> so you, you do these PQ reps and they're just literally like the building blocks of meditation. You get a lot of the benefits, but you don't have to be an expert in meditation. You don't have to have trained in meditation. So, and you don't have to, you know, sitting, you know, maybe, maybe sitting in a really quiet place is, doesn't make you feel comfortable or maybe you don't have the time. Right. Or maybe you have exactly. a lot of kids and you're just very busy. What I find actually Marie, um, is I always look for the stressors in my life to practice these things. So for instance, like I'm in the car and maybe I'm in traffic. I immediately go, okay, Jen, I know this is a place where you are going to want to get very angry, frustrated. All these things are getting triggered in you. How do I kind of take a stop and just start doing some of those reps and just try and get really present and try to focus my attention away from the external things that are really triggering, triggering me and activating me and trying to get back into my body, back into my, my presence right here. And I notice it only takes a few minutes. And that's the wild thing is like, you don't need to sit and meditate for like four or five hours. It's like, yeah. you could just sit for maybe five, 10 minutes and get a really great effect and bring down that, that, that trigger those chemicals, that response that you're having. Um, exactly. so it's amazing because you don't need the perfect, sometimes meditation feels like you have to have the perfect kind of situation, right. For it to happen where here, I mean, yeah, you can be doing this anywhere. Well, what's so cool is you know, we just talked about how all those bad chemicals that are unhelpful mm -hmm. to us get released yeah. when we're having those negative thoughts. When we can flip it, this is basically rewiring our brain so yeah. that when we have those habitual thoughts, they're using neural pathways that are well-traveled, right? They're habits. And what we're doing through doing PQ reps is we're actually learning to flip it and cause new neural pathways to either form or start being used more frequently. And so the way I like to put it is like those new neural pathways are turning into super highways mm -hmm. and the old ones are getting decommissioned. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is it's your prefrontal cortex that you're engaging when you're flipping it to these more positive thoughts. And when you do that, 
you get different brain chemicals being released. It's beautiful. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really awesome science. And it's yeah. just so cool to watch it happening. So, for example, you know, I got a call from my boss the other day with some really big news that I think in in the past, it probably would have derailed me. I would have been so upset and I, you know, I just, I, I probably would have taken a few days to recover from this news. I knew though, having gone through the PQ program, I said, you know, I need to do some PQ reps. So I went, I, I sat down, I immediately did a bunch of, I, I did more than you really have to do, you know, to, to have a basic flip of your, your thinking, because this was a really big thing. This was a big weight that I was trying to lift. And it worked. It really worked. I ended up taking my dogs for a walk and feeling even joyful. I started being able to see, oh my goodness, this change. Like I see the opportunities and possibly even the gifts in this change. And it, I wasn't afraid anymore. And so that's the beauty of it. But you're just sitting in a meeting and someone, let's say someone who typically triggers you says something that you start to feel that feeling coming up, right? That's what happens. You know, you, I always ask my clients, where do you feel it? You know, and some people, they say, this is their gut. Some people say it's in my throat, you know, and some people say, oh, it's in my shoulders, you know, and I get, I just get my jaw, whatever it is, right? And so think about where you get that feeling. All you have to do is notice it. That's the first thing you notice it. And in positive intelligence, what you're also going to learn to do is notice which saboteur, that's the language that's, that is of positive intelligence. There are 10 saboteurs. And so you'll learn to recognize which saboteur, which kind of inner critic is the judge, um, or there's others like the avoider or the pleaser or the hyper vigilant or the hyper rational. There, there are 10 characters. And so you learn to recognize which one is talking to you and, and which, which thoughts you're, you're having. And then you, you stop it. So you can do it this quickly. Would you like me to lead you through one? Sure. Let's go for it. Okay. So here's, here's how it works. Um, let's just say we are in a meeting. All of a sudden we hear this thing and we're like, okay, you just need to take a couple seconds. Now we'll do this for a few seconds, but you can do it literally as, as little as 10 seconds and you can turn it around. Hmm. So just our, your, your listeners can do it along with us. Just rub your fingers together with such attention that you can feel the ridges on all the fingertips. And then touch all of your fingertips together, one hand touching the other hand, again with just enough pressure to feel the ridges and all the imperfections in the fingertips. While you're doing this, be sure that you're breathing. Pay attention to your breath. And then just run your fingertips down the palm of your other hand very gently and notice all of the sensations. Now that would be enough, but you can also stop for a second and listen to the sound that you can hear that's the furthest away. And then listen to the sound that is the closest. 
It might even be your breath. That's it. That's it. Wow. I don't know about anybody listening, but for me, I mean, I'm instantly relaxed. I feel very, um, and it's funny that you said towards the end, you're like, it could be your breath. I was thinking, well, I can hear my breath pretty loud. And I was like, oh, that's pretty loud in my ear. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something so simple, but I think that for me, I've noticed it's about, I like that you mentioned noticing because it, for me, I was thinking, well, these things would be great, but how do I, maybe I don't know when I'm getting stressed. Maybe I'm not fully aware of like what the actual triggers are. And I can only share from my own kind of therapy experience, which started way before this, which is about just start noticing as often as you can. And you'll start to notice patterns or themes or things that come up around the same things. And you'll start to notice things more quickly. The more you start really kind of just opening up all of your senses to everything that's going on in a given moment. And these types of exercises can help you do that. But, and it's also important, I think, to really notice just what's that trigger? Because as we get into the saboteurs, and I really want to get into those, because those are really fascinating to me is it can be tricky. It can be really, really tricky. There's some obvious ones, right? Like I'm in a traffic jam. A lot of people get really stressed with that or airplanes, right? A lot of people get very anxious and nervous on airplanes. Things like that are really obvious, but it's fascinating because when I was going through this program, the biggest epiphany for me was the very small ways that those saboteurs and those things sneak in and start to kind of change that mindset without me even being aware. Somebody who's done therapy for many, many years knows herself pretty well. I was like mind blown. I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I knew myself inside and out. And there's this one little tiny thing that I didn't ever notice that as I started really noticing and doing more and more of these reps, it like became so clear to me. And I was like, oh my God, like, it's really amazing work. I mean, frankly, I, I found so much value. So let's go back to the saboteurs. Cause you mentioned that. Sure. Tell me like, what are saboteurs and how does positive intelligence kind of look at saboteurs? Well, the saboteurs are the, they're, they're those ways that you think and the thoughts that you have. There's actually a free assessment, by the way, on mm. the positiveintelligence.com website. You can take the free assessment and they'll send you your results and your results actually give you a whole page of everything about the saboteurs. So the saboteurs, in a basic way of saying it, they actually are your greatest strengths that mm. are taken too far. Yeah. So let's just say that you are really super high achieving, which is awesome, right? Until you become, you start listening to those thoughts about achieving and that you're not worth it. If you know, you're not, you're not worthy. If you don't achieve, I mean, there, it, it can flip really quite quickly, right? So the things that have been your greatest strengths as you grew up. And they also helped you. They protected you and made you strong, you know, mm -hmm. as a child, as you're growing up, like you used these things. Yeah. The judge learning to discern, right, is a very important thing for a child to do, right? It, it is, it can, but it can also turn into your greatest enemy. Yeah. And the judge actually is one that everybody has everybody's got the judge. And then there's some accomplice sab saboteurs 
that uh, play right along with the judge and then they work together in ways that are not very helpful. But it, yeah. what, what the judge does, it, instead of helping you just discern what's safe and what's not safe and that sort of thing, as an example, it gets you fixated on what's wrong. Yeah. You know, and that was great when we were out living with saber-toothed tigers, right? That was super important to understand where danger was, right? Mm -hmm. And to be able to discern that and take quick action. But now what happens is we tend to uh, allow this to get activated and we're just constantly focusing on what's wrong. It's, we're wired to do that. Yeah, yeah. And so unfortunately though, it causes a lot of stress and unhappiness in our lives. Yeah. And I'm glad we're having this conversation because I recently had a conversation with my therapist around these similar. So she operates in the IFS model, which is very similar to this in a lot of ways. And I think what I heard you say was that it's a balance, it, just like anything, right? You know, too much of something is probably not a good thing. So it's how do, for me, the way I looked at saboteurs was okay, that's there. I see that I, my personal saboteurs are victim. And I think hypervigilant are my two biggest saboteurs. So how can I look at those two saboteurs as tools for me to use? They have strengths, but I also know there's a shadow side to them. And if I let go too far, let the victim take over too much, it can have some negative consequences on me and get me into a negative mindset. So mm -hmm. how do I leverage the gifts and the tools and the strengths that come along with that saboteur is through a lot of that mindfulness and a lot of the, those PQ reps and really kind of developing that noticing of when they come up and what they look like and understanding them more deeply to, I mean, and that's where it gets into therapy and where we were going with IFS is understanding where they come from. You don't have to go that far, but just noticing, you know, what's there and maybe what their purpose is. Like, what are they trying to, how are they trying to help you? Because I believe that they are trying to help you. Those parts of you are trying to keep you safe in some way. But what kept us safe as a child doesn't always keep us safe as an adult. Um, so I think it's that discernment. And I think I also wanted to call out that in leadership, especially, that is like the skill that if leaders want to develop and hone, it's that discernment piece and really getting a good command of that judge because that one can go quickly in. A negative direction. And we can use that and weaponize it and against others and ourselves. So how can we really use that judge in a powerful way to help us discern things for our teams, for our families? If we're an entrepreneur in a business, we need to make lots of decisions. And if we have a really strong judge that we can use as that discernment piece, I see it as a huge gift and a huge blessing if we can keep until, it in balance, right? Right. Until it flips to the negative. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think so, that's the work. Yeah. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to develop some self-command that will, mm -hmm. uh, so we practice, right, this way of flipping so that we can rewire our brain to take that more positive approach. And the more positive approach, there are five sages, there are five mm. sage powers. Yeah. And so th that's what you're really looking to develop. Right. So, uh, for example, empathy is really the biggest one, mm -hmm. is how can you have true deep empathy for yourself first mm -hmm. and then for those who you're feeling like you're judging or you're uh, you're having some of those saboteur thoughts that they're affecting that relationship 
Yeah. I always say a lot. I think a lot of things in life are an inside out approach, but I, I believe leadership especially is an inside out approach. We, I've noticed in my own workplace, there's a lot of people who want to just like manage people. And it's like all about, you know, that control or that, and it's not about like, how do I control myself first? Because if I'm not in control, I don't know how I expect to have control over others or how to kind of manage this business. Um, so I think it's just such a powerful tool to kind of really start looking internally and figuring out ways and developing those new neural pathways, like you mentioned, um, to try and flip those things. Cause I think you'll notice again, like it's not always the big stuff, the big stuff, sometimes you can cherry pick and it's kind of easy to see, but it's even those little tiny little nuances that you would be really surprised on a daily basis, how they, they flip really easily. And I want you to also talk about, cause this is something that we learned about in the program that I know was a, a big kind of notice for me was they talk about the lies that the saboteurs tell. Um, and again, that was a big one for me. And I think I shared this on a previous podcast, but in the very beginning of the podcast, I used to listen to all my shows because I wanted to, I told myself, it'll make you better to hear yourself and figure out like, what are you doing wrong? What do you need to, what can you tweak to make better? It, it was disguised as it's a good thing, right? You want to be better. So this will help you yeah. get better. But I noticed how quickly it was turning into this like opportunity to just annihilate myself and go like, just pick myself apart. And then I had to go, wait a second, hold on. But I heard the whole story. The, the saboteur saying, no, it'll be great. It's awesome. Like this will be good for you. Yeah. And then I could literally see the flip of like, no, that's terrible. You're awful. You horrible. Mm -hmm. I could see that whole like process happening and it was mind blowing to me. So I, I think my point in all that is like, don't just pay attention to the big stuff too. also start to notice those nuances. So in that, maybe you could tell maybe a little bit more about what are some of these lies yeah. that the saboteurs might tell to help kind of keep you in that area that we're trying to flip? Yeah. So for example, if you found that you were a controller, not, not well, I, I want to rephrase that because we are not our saboteurs. These are just yes. aspects of the way that we think. So your controller saboteur that mm -hmm. you use in your thinking is telling you either you're in control or you're out of control, right? That, that there's only Black or white. one or the other, yeah. right? And if I work hard enough, this is what the controller is trying to convince you. If I just work hard enough, I can control the situation and it will go my way. And I should, others want me to take control. They need me to take control. In fact, I'm doing them a favor, you know, yeah. and, and nobody tells me what to do. You know, I know what to do and I, I need to take control. And so mm -hmm. those thoughts to someone who um, has a tendency for those thoughts, they're very comforting, right? On the surface mm -hmm. until they're not, because then they have really high anxiety, right? When things mm -hmm. don't go their way. Yeah. And for leaders or relationships, I mean, imagine, right? Your leader comes to you and says, no, it must be this way. Like think about how that's also impacting others. It doesn't just have a profound impact on you, right. you're now impacting others and people don't, I mean, I know I personally don't want to, you know, engage with somebody like that. Who's like, no, it must be this way. If I have an opinion, you're not really hearing people. You're not right. creating safe spaces for them to 
be themselves. So I, I can see how that would get in the way. And I love your examples because those are examples of small kind of narratives that we all have that mm-hmm. might be indicators, right? If you're asking like, well, how do I start indicating my saboteurs and what they have to stay, start looking for things like that. Like that's probably a really common one, Marie, that a lot of people have where do you have really rigid thinking? Is it like, it's either right or wrong? Like I know, I know best. And how about the pleaser, you know, the pleaser oh. thoughts, you know, the pleaser saboteur yeah. is, you know, really feeling that they're a good person by putting their own needs ahead of others, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they, but then they start feeling really, um, upset really because you know people aren't noticing and they feel like well wait a minute you know it makes me feel bad because people aren't noticing right but that's the accomplice right sorry accomplice that's a victim would probably be an accomplice to a pleaser right where it's like well yes yeah and they tell themselves, oh, you know, I don't expect anything in return. You know, everybody, it would just be a better place in this world if everyone would just behave this way, right? But the problem is that isn't how it works. You know, they end up um, feeling a lot of resentment mm-hmm. towards people. Um, they lose sight of their own needs and they rescue and, you know, none of those behaviors end up really helping leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned earlier about the sages and I wanted to dive a little bit deeper on that. So we talked about the saboteurs, right? There are these things that come up in us and, um, but then you talked about these sages. So how did the the sages and the saboteurs kind of play together? The sages are those ways of thinking that you learn to activate. So the sage perspective is really taking any, any situation that were to happen. Like, let's just take, for example, my big news that I got when my boss called. I could have gone very easily into, oh my gosh, you know, I'm a victim, poor me. This is just going to be horrible. It's, you know, it's just an organizational change. Um, you know, this is, this is the worst thing ever. I knew this was going to happen. I could start activating all kinds of saboteur thoughts. Instead, by doing these PQ reps, I was able to open up that part of my brain that said, wait a minute, let's surf this wave, right? Let's get on that wave. Let's become the best surfer ever. Like instead of trying to control, that's one of mine. Okay, well, I can just figure out who do I need to talk to? What can I do? How can I have influence over how things are going to change, right? That's one way I could have gone. Instead, I said, okay, what are the gifts and opportunities of this situation? So you learn, you learn to activate this sage perspective, and then you figure out which sage power you need to actually uh, develop more so that you can kind of, if you imagine that this problem or this situation you're facing is like a weight that you need to lift, <laughs> then you think about which power would I need So it could be, for example, there's empathize, there's activate, there's explore, Mm -hmm. there's innovate, and there's navigate. So many of those actually come into play. So navigate, for example, you want to really tune into what what are your values and and your, your direction in life? Like, what do you really care about? And that's going to help you figure out the right way to go, right? What, yeah. What's going to 
be most productive for you. Um, empathize, you know, think about feeling empathy for yourself that you're going through this situation. Not feeling pity and feeling sorry for yourself, but really empathizing and being like, this, this is tough. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, take care of yourself, right? And yeah. empathize with all the other people who are also in this situation. People who are also dealing with it, perhaps from another point of view, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, then, you know, exploring is all about figuring out uh, or innovating, exploring and innovating, figuring out the next next best steps. What might be good? Okay, so this thing is, it, it is true, whatever this news is. So let's imagine that we say, yes, you know what? There is one little piece of that that I really love. And it's this, this is this 10% that I really love of that. I don't like all of it. I might even hate the rest of it, but there's some little tiny piece that I can love. So I yeah. figure out what that is. And then I say, okay, I love that. And what if I built on that? And let's see what ideas are sparked from that little piece that I like. And that's where you can start getting creative. And then it all starts snowballing. That's the beauty of it, right? And then you start feeling better and better and more energized. I honestly almost felt euphoric. Took my dogs for a walk after that um, at the beach. And I just was like, oh my goodness. You know, the, the sunset is so beautiful. And I just found myself like being so happy. I was talking to all these people on the pathway and, you know, on the on the beach. And I just was like... I just got really big news and I'm like, how can I be so happy? But it's like, I started seeing all of those potential positive gifts and opportunities from this change. Yeah. And that's just such a different response than I might've had, you know, a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. I love, cause we choose, right. And that's where the discernment comes from is we do mm -hmm. choose what we focus on. It feels almost like you're moving from this really narrow kind of perspective and you're really almost broadening, kind of opening up to kind of all the different possibilities. Because if we have that very rigid, right, wrong, black, white thinking, like the possibilities are a lot fewer, right? Like we don't see the possibilities. We tend to focus on the, oh my gosh, this is bad. This is horrible. I'm going to, you know, whatever's going to happen, it's going to be bad. It's not good. And we have a choice, right? There is that moment where we do have that choice of, do I focus on this or do I focus on this? And it's not also, so I'm, I'll stop there, but I'll ask you a question to the naysayer who might be saying, well, aren't you just kind of dismissing those feelings that are there? The other 90% that goes, yeah. I mean, there's a lot there that maybe is really upsetting to you. Are you just kind of putting blinders on and saying, yeah, that stuff doesn't matter. And I'm just going to kind of push it aside. Or what do you say to that person who might be saying, well, what about all that other 90% that you aren't paying attention to? It's learning to discern what those thoughts really are. Are they real? They may mm. feel real, but are they real? And you certainly do want to respond to the things that are real and might be presenting some kind of danger, mm -hmm. but you don't want to let the saboteur thoughts just run wild, right? Yeah. So that's that's really what it's about is figuring out what what's what. And then learning to surf the situation or or like a sailor, you know, you've got a wind coming at you in a certain direction. You're not going to be able to change that. 
right? So you have a choice. You can either do nothing and your sales flapping all over and you're going nowhere, right? Or you can tap 45 degrees this way, 45 degrees that way, and you make progress forward, right? But as a leader, it's really our responsibility. You know, leaders need to be that steady sailor, you know, who who is making conscious choices that are yeah. more positive and productive and encouraging for their teams. So yeah. the self-command is really a key. Oh, it's so key. And I love that you said conscious because that's one of my four C's of leadership is that I feel like we need to develop that consciousness is so important. But one other thing you said that made me really smile because I think I've talked about it on a previous podcast, but I think about it a lot is my therapist told me the discernment is all about is it real or is it true? Now there's a big difference. Real means it feels real to you and it can be really, really real. You can be really upset. It can feel really painful. It can feel almost like it's really true, but that self-perspective, you take that step back, you have to look at it and that's where the discernment comes in. Okay. This feels real to me and it might not be true. And I think you would be surprised how often that is actually the case is like, we feel like it's true, but it's more feels real to us than it, it is actually true. Because think about it in the news that you got, there can be millions of possibilities and probabilities, right? It's not a lot of things in life, right? Aren't just, it's either this or that, like there's a lot in there and acknowledging. I think that's the part that really rang true for me was acknowledge that it feels real to you. Like mm -hmm. I, yeah, that scares me or that hurts or that upsets me in some way, but being able to have that self-perspective step back and say, and I can see that that probably isn't true. Now, what can I do about it? Exactly. Um, I think that distinction is so important. And I love your metaphor with the sailor. I think that's a great metaphor for leaders is because that's what you are doing, right? You are directing the sails, you are guiding the team and having that mm -hmm. compass, like you were mentioning earlier about that yeah. or North star or whatever yeah. metaphor you want to use for it. Like what am I aligned to? Yes. Like if I know I come back to that a lot when I'm feeling this, like, oh, it feels real, but it might not be true. I go back to my North star. What is, what am I, what's my purpose? What am I aligning myself to? And that helps in that discernment piece. Um, and it also helps. I've noticed for me, at least with the saboteurs, I feel like a lot of times they actually want that self-perspective. They want you to kind of take, I always say can take control of the bus. Um, you want to be in the front seat of the bus kind of driving as a, as a big higher self. And those saboteurs are there in the background, but they don't have to be in control. They don't have to be. And I don't even know if they want to be, to be perfectly honest. I, I just wonder if like in the system, this goes to internal family systems, but I just wonder if like, they just do that by default. Like if we just, our neural pathway is so deep that it just defaults that it's, but I, I really wonder if that's what is, is actually really desired. You know, yeah, these are, these are habitual patterns and, you know, I'm not a psychologist, so I can't really yeah. comment on that, but, but I would say that, um, yeah, they're, they're habits. Yeah. Powerful habits that you can also flip, like you said, and we have more choice and control than I think we realize. Um, that's great. So I, thank you, Marie, for exploring this today. And, you know, is there any last thoughts or tidbits you want to leave with the listeners around positive intelligence and how maybe they can start maybe implementing some of these things into their daily lives? Well, if you're really, really interested, check it out. 
positiveintelligence.com. That that's your place for everything positive intelligence. But even if you don't want to do a whole, for example, six week program, just start with those little things. Just start doing a few little PQ reps. And they even, I, I have clients who have not chosen to go through the program and I've just taught them to do PQ reps. They're already finding some benefit from that. And if you practice that for six weeks, it takes six weeks to change a habit. So even mm. just starting to do that, I think your listeners really will see some benefit like we have. I agree. And it'll be, it'll be interesting. And if anyone is listening and they, um, they do some of these exercises and want to leave a comment or reach out and let me know how it's going, I would love to, because it, it is really fascinating. Cause I'm telling you, the more you do it, like even the smallest little things you start to notice, you're like, wow, like I didn't even know I was thinking that I didn't even know I was doing those things. And the more you start tuning in and kind of really getting just building that muscle, you start to notice all the little things too. It's, it's kind of crazy. I was like, wow, I didn't even know this about myself. <laughs> yes. And on the website, uh, the author of the book, Positive Intelligence, and the person who did all the research on this, Shirzad Shamin, he actually leads two free um, PQ reps. One is 15 minutes long and the other is just five. So you can get a really good sense of, of what they are. That's awesome. Well, definitely make sure to provide a bunch of links in the show notes for anybody who's interested in following up as well as the assessment. I think that's really interesting to take just to kind of notice what are maybe some of your top saboteurs that come up. That'll give you some good data to start as you're noticing and listening in like, awesome. oh, hey, what's coming up? Um, but thank you, Marie. It was such a pleasure talking to you today and getting to, you know, just talk shop and also talk a little bit about PQ. It's always fun. And I know it's a You've been on a, a an adventure over the last few months, and I know you've been diving deep into this work. So I know you've been uh, having profound results. So I appreciate you sharing that with us today. Well, thank you for asking me on, Jen. I really enjoyed being able to share this with your listeners. You know, my my clients absolutely love it, and um, you know, you you are I think doing everyone who's a leader a huge service by exposing them to this topic.